0: Welcome to the Higher Leading Podcast recorded in the peaceful setting of Serenity Acres just outside the beautiful village of Covington, Ohio. This is episode number 20 and I'm your host, Jay Meyer. This is the leadership podcast that focuses on the key traits of those who lead their lives and others to the beat of a higher calling. Higher leaders are purpose driven. Higher leaders are servant leaders. Higher leaders are builders of others. Higher leaders make the world and those around them better. This episode is a Chalk Talk, instead of interviewing a guest, I will talk on a leadership topic that the good Lord recently laid on my heart. So grab your pen and journal and prepare to capture some valuable nuggets of life-tested leadership wisdom. Well, a few weeks ago, I ran into an old friend that I went to high school with, and you know, we just had lunch and... The whole time was just to catch up and about halfway through the lunch, it just dawned on me how much this person was still stuck in the past and and talking about things that uh, he wished he didn't do, things he wished he would have done, things he would have done differently. And of course, I honestly, if you ask me what I had for dinner yesterday, I don't know. I mean, I am so in the present looking toward the future type of person. But after that, after that lunch, it was just kind of draining because I would try to direct his focus on, you know, his his job, his kids, his grandkids and things like that. And, you know, it just kind of go back to those days of would have, could have, should have. And so I think it was like the next morning during my devotion time. Scripture from Psalm 146, seven, just kind of jumped out and hit me right in the heart. And at the last sentence in that scripture, it says, the Lord sets the prisoners free. And I thought, amen, because I know what it's like to be a prisoner to the past. And then I jotted a couple of notes down in my journal. And the first one was, what do you desire to do with your life? Okay. I think Everyone needs to answer this question. What do you want to do with your life? You know, I'm in the fourth quarter of my life. And now I'm, I, you know, I've got young people that are listening to this podcast. And I'm telling you, life doesn't slow down for anybody. Some point you're going to think, oh, that old man, Jay, was talking about his fourth quarter. Now I'm in my fourth quarter. But don't wait like some people to define and write down what you desire to do with your life. It's amazing when you write it down and, and create a plan and how easy it is. And, and then the second question is, if you haven't done that, if you can't do that, what's holding you back? And those were just two notes that I wrote in my journal. And then from that, I started jotting some notes around, have you ever sat and imagined, okay, imagined about something that could be, something you'd like to do that's way outside your activities of daily living, something you'd like to do before you die, something maybe, maybe it's living out a passion that's just, just burning deep inside you. And I've said this before, and I'll repeat it. We're the only animal that God has given the ability to imagine. He did that for a reason. I mean, we're supposed to create. He was the ultimate creator. We're here to create while we're on earth, to make make this world better, to make lives of those around us better. I mean, that's the whole gist of the Higher Leading podcast. People who lift others, people who make the world better. So what are you doing with that particular gift? What are you doing with your gift of imagination? First of all, do you even imagine? Or are you too distracted and too busy in all the things that don't matter, that you don't take the time to just take a walk with nature or to take time to sit and, and, to, and to think about the future? I go back to the initial question. What do you desire to do with your life? What's holding you back? And I'm going to dive in today about what holds us back. And it all goes back to that that lunch I had a few weeks ago with a a friend of mine. The biggest is our past. That's what holds us back the most. It's, It's not letting go of past experiences, old tapes, things that just kind of become ingrained in our minds. It could be through a traumatic experience. It could be some type of guilt we're carrying with us. We did something we knew we shouldn't have done, and we still feel guilty about that or shame. To where we don't feel like we're we're worthy. We have done things that we think were unredeemable. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's resentment. What are you holding on to that's all from past experiences, past situations? And the thing is, is, is all of the above and more. I mean, I could go on and on and on as far as things that, that people tend to hold on to from the past, but it inhibits us from fully living in the present and seeing a brighter future. When we hold on to people, places, things, and situations of the past, it inhibits us from fully living in the present and being able to see a brighter and better future. So here's the question. Who wants us not to live fully in the present and see a brighter future for ourselves? Who doesn't want us to do that? It's the devil. He loves for us to allow our past experience to hang a cloud over our present situation while blinding us from future growth. I mean, the devil's all about stunning our growth. The devil's all about taking our energy away. The devil loves for us to just stay static, not grow, not make the world better. Well, I'll tell you firsthand, Jesus is ready, willing, and able to remove the barriers created by our past, if we ask. Jesus is ready, willing, and able to create all these barriers that's created by our past if we ask, that's a, that's a problem sometimes. People don't know that, that faith is a verb. We have to take action to make change in our lives. You know, really, when I talk about the past, I don't want to talk about the past is all bad. I mean, golly, I mean, what I went through in my recovery and my addiction and all that's turned me and made me the person that I am today. But, but the whole goal is the, the only remnants of the past that we carry into our present and future are the life lessons we've learned, being able to say, you know, yeah, I've learned from that, had setbacks, we've had failures, but we learn and we can become better people in the present, in the future because of that. From my studies of Jesus and my walk with him for for several decades now, I just know he wants us to live holy in the day while carving a path to a better future. I mean, he He wants us to live a vibrant, exciting life. And, and regardless, I mean, I know I've got people right now that are listening to this that are battling health issues that are, but it's still Jesus is there to give you hope in the moment, to give you hope for a future. John 10, 10, one of my all time favorite verses, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus has come so we can have life and have it to the full. And when you can't have a full life, when you're stuck in the past. Well, letting go of the past takes work, man. I know this firsthand. All this stuff I talk about during my chalk talks, it's just things that I've experienced. You know, I'm not giving you a lecture, a textbook lecture. This is real life lessons from, from Jay, but it takes the willingness to reprogram our mind. It's a reprogramming. You know, when, when I went down that five year hole into the depths and the bottom of drug addiction, my beliefs and my behaviors changed big time you know, drugs changed the person that I was. And when I got sober, August and September of every year, it's just like I go, I go back to that time. I'm so grateful I'm sober. You know, I got sober on August 9th. I got out of treatment the second week of September. And then I'm on this journey of, of reprogramming my mind. And, and I'm just so grateful for the people, the programs that were in my life then to help me turn this around. But when I got sober, mentally and emotionally, I was a shell of the person I was previously. I mean, I was full of shame and guilt. And I had very little, if any, hope for a better future. I honestly, you know, I thought I'd never practice pharmacy again. I was going to uh, carry a felony charge in my record for life. And it was like, you know, my whole world, I, I had just totally messed everything up. And I recall when I got out of treatment, something that, I told myself I had to do was first day back, I was going to go park my car on the south end of Covington. If anybody ever been to Covington, Ohio, beautiful little village, and it takes about a mile, a little over a mile to walk from one end to the other. And I decided on High Street, which is the main street that goes through Covington, that I was going to start from the south end, walk to the north end, and back with my head held high. Because that was one of my big things. What were people going to think? You know, I'm your corner druggist. And I turned into your corner druggie. And, and so I had to get over all this shame and guilt. And that was the first thing. I'm just going to walk down the street. People, you know, if are going to like, hey, there's a, there's that guy, there's a there's that druggie. There's that felon. There's that drug thief. You know, that that's just the way it was. But that was like my first step in trying to rid myself of that guilt and shame. But thankfully, I had the 12 spiritual steps of Alcoholics Anonymous to help me release myself from the shame and guilt, because that was heavy. And the devil was just dousing me with it every day. And, and I'm so grateful for the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, who created the 12 steps, gosh, almost 80 years ago, it's been 75 years now, and it just saved millions and millions of lives worldwide, because it's a step-by-step process that takes us to this understanding of a power greater than us and we have this spiritual experience and we become this new person but the specific steps that helped me let go of the past so i could live more vibrant in today and have my eye on a better future were steps four and five step four is we make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves searching i mean we just sit down and we write the good the bad the ugly of our life everything not not just what happened during our drinking and drugging stages, but everything, all the old baggage we're carrying with us. Okay, we just write it down. And then the fifth step is admit it to God, to oneself and another human being, the exact nature of our wrong. So, so you write it and then you analyze it, you note all the areas you were wrong, you make a list of people that you may have to make amends to because you wronged them. From this, you you kind of realize some of your character defects, some of the reasons that led you to drinking, and you share all this with God and an human being by reading it out loud. And I remember when I did step five with my sponsor, Vic, talked about him in my last Chalk Talk, so appropriately named when I'm talking about being a victor versus a victim. And Vic just sat there and nodded his head. I'm telling this stuff and I'm thinking he's going to think less of me. No. You kind of look at it, has been there, done that, understand. And so to simplify this, what this process is in the program of recovery, we call it naming it, claiming it, and dumping it. Name it, claim it, dump it. I just had a coaching session with a young lady today, and we were talking about some of her challenges and how important it is to turn those over to God uh, as soon as they start dwelling in our minds. You know, name it claim it. Here's the problem. This is what it's doing to me. Now I'm going to turn it over to God, name it, claim it, dump it. And it's like the steps four and five are kind of ongoing. You'll see that later on in the steps where we continue to take personal inventory every day because we don't want that stuff to build up. We got this new life we're living. We've let go of all that baggage from the past, all the old tapes from the past. And so it's important, at least for me as someone in recovery, that every day I do an inventory at the end of the day. I do anything You know, it's pretty certain I'm going to do something stupid, you know, because I'm just, that's just Jay. But did I harm anybody? Did I speak harmful to someone or to myself or did I have bad thoughts, so on and so forth? And I tell you, those inventories have gotten shorter and shorter with time as I learned to live a more obedient life. But like I said, man, this takes work. And prayer is a big part of this. You know, I, I go to Matthew 7, 7. When Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. I mean, it's it. sometimes it's got to be ask, 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 seek, 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 knock, 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 knock. Because I know some people, you know, ah, God, Jesus is not there for me. God's not going to help me. I've asked for help. Nothing's changed. Well, how many times have you asked for help? How many times have you sought help from him? How many times have you knocked? Have you knocked so hard you're beating down the door? Because he will answer our prayers and he answers them most of the time through other people or through situations where it's like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, someone speaks to us and you look at that and you say, oh, my gosh, God just answered my prayer. But it's so important that we, you know, during our morning time with him as we're preparing for the day, that we ask him to open our hearts and our minds and our eyes. Okay. To the solutions he may be bringing us, so you know I asked, sought, knocked through steps four and five of the twelve steps of AA. He slowly relieved me of the bondage to my past, and I go back to what parts of your past are you in bondage to? What are you still holding on to? Think about this for a minute. And this just happened to me the other day. I mean, I'm not perfect, but there's a situation from way in my past. I thought I dealt with it, and. Something happened at home and it just triggered this chain reaction that, you know, luckily I've dealt with it. I know what it was, but took my serenity from me, not just for a moment, but for a couple of hours and and until I could say, you know, it all goes back to this situation. And I think we have to take the time to, to know our past, to somewhat make friends with it and say, no, you're not going to bring me down. It's over. What's done is done. And, and, you know, We just have to ask ourselves, what experiences are clouding our present state and blocking our ability to see a brighter future? Are there things we're holding on to from the past that's clouding our present state and blocking the ability to see a brighter future? Maybe it's time for you, if you're sitting there saying, you know what, there is something I'm really holding on to. Maybe it's time for you to open up a journal, take an inventory of past people, beliefs, behavior, situations that are holding you back. And then name, claim, and dump that stuff. You know, I'm sure you have someone you can trust, accountability person that you can say, hey, you know what? I, I just need to talk. It's some things I need to share, some things I need to get off my chest. I mean, if, if you have a counselor or a therapist, that's a great place to dump that stuff. But it's amazing how cleansing it is. When we let go of it, the key is, is not to pick it back up. You know, every day through my prayers, I'm turning my life, my will and my life over the care of God. And I'm asking for knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry it out. I never ask for God, help me relive the past. Help me get stuck in the past. It's all about the present. It's all about the future. You know, I think about some of the things that we hold on to. A lot of it's around forgiveness. Maybe it's time you forgive someone or maybe it's time you ask someone to forgive you and you make amends, You know, it's just whatever baggage is dragging that's holding you back, you just got to write it down and deal with it because the devil loves to prevent us from progressing. Okay, so this is probably a, a chalk talk for another time, but okay, now we discuss the number one culprit behind holding us back from living the life we desire, but what are you going to do with it? You finally release this baggage and your eyes are open to the present and you have this whole future ahead of you. And it's like, you know, this is pretty cool. I can look forward to today and tomorrow because I'm no longer holding on to this crap from the past. Well, (laughs) it's funny when I was journaling some notes and this turned into a Chalk Talk podcast, I wrote down the word big and the beginning of this year, I challenge you all to have big, hairy, audacious goal. I know one of my friends out there, he's been off and on training for a marathon. That's one of his life accomplishments he's determined to do. He's battled cancer. Now he's back on that road. That's his big, hairy, audacious goal. And then I wrote down the word B-I-G. It's like, okay, how about a big imagination goal? Okay, we'll call it the big goal. What's that big goal where you're sitting down and you're thinking, you know, I really need to do this. I really want to do this. And it could be something personal, professional, it could be with your family. I would say, look at your priorities. You know, if you're going to, if your number one priority is your family and you have a big goal, big imagination goal to go climb Mount Everest, and you're not going to be around your family for six months while training and doing that, that's probably not good. So you wanna make sure it aligns with your priorities. But one of my big goals, which we're hoping to take place next summer, and that is to travel. We got a class B motorhome to travel out west for a month and take Jordy with us and to work with a travel agent that will help us stay in places that are accessible where it's easy for us to navigate around with Jordy. That's a big imagination goal. You know, I, I've got another goal and I'll call that an ADL goal, activity, a daily living goal that has to do with cleaning out my shed. That's not a big goal, but I got a shed right now that got infiltrated with squirrels this winter. Got a, it's like a squirrel condo. And I found that out the spring as I was pulling things out, getting ready for the summer, so on and so forth. So that's on my to-do list. Okay. But your big goal, big imagination goal. Should be something that if you're on your deathbed, you're happy you did it. I mean, nobody lays on their deathbed thinking, I wish I would have cleaned my shed. Yeah, I don't care. If I don't get my shed cleaned, I, I will get it clean. I promised Lori on that. So I will get it clean. But you know what I'm talking about? These big imagination goals. This is where God gives us his ability to imagine, to do great things. What is yours? Now, like I said, chalk talk for another time. I can go in detail on, on how you achieve this goal, but the quick, You know, what are your success steps? What steps do you need to take in order to achieve that goal? When do you need to achieve those steps by in order to achieve the goal? And then you keep on track with the plan to achieve that goal by laying out monthly what you're going to do or weekly what you're going to do to achieve the plan. Monthly, what do you need to do? And quarterly, you know, I, I talked about 90 meetings in 90 days. A couple of chalk talks ago i believe in working in quarters i believe in working in 90 day increments at the end of 90 days we say how close have we come to achieving our big imagination goal and then we start planning weekly monthly and quarterly and the key to all this though it's weekly planning taking the time at some point in the weekend i've said this time and time again to plan out your week to not go into your monday not knowing how this week's going to shape up and not knowing where you will spend time putting some type of achievement toward your success goals for the big imagination goal for your big goal. Okay. You lay that out. I mean, you got, you got your life to live, right? You've got your responsibilities. You got your priorities to take care of during the week, but the goal is a year from now, You want to, like, for us to travel west, I need to be doing at least one thing every week leading up to achieving that big imagination goal. Another one I'm going to throw out there is one of my big imagination goals personally is to run a full Ironman triathlon when I'm 70. It'd be five years from now. So that's on my radar. How am I getting ready for that right now? I'm just staying in shape, not getting out of shape. And believe me, the older you get, the easier it is to get out of shape. So I have to continue to run, to bike, To swim. What's a big imagination goal? What's a big imagination? And you know what? Nothing is too big for God. If you can achieve whatever it is you write down without your help, it's not a big enough goal. I go back to that moment when I walked up and down High Street in Covington, Ohio, it was the middle of September 1987, when the best. My imagination could do was thinking, well, maybe I'll get a job somewhere in the interim. Maybe I'll work like at a speedway or somewhere where they won't hold my past against me. And then I'll just find a good job because I I don't want to lose my family over this. And then I fast forward 36 years and I think about doing the next right thing one day at a time doing the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, is doing a very thorough fourth and fifth step, helped take the blinders off my eyes to see the potential out there. But most importantly, working through those steps led me to this belief in Jesus and this dependence on Jesus over these past 36 years that some of you know my story, but the gentleman I was stealing most of the drugs from Ended up becoming my business partner at this pharmacy. I mean, think about that. Ended up working for me. And that's the whole deal. If your goal makes sense to you, you need to stretch it. Because God's the only person that makes sense out of senseless situations. He's the person that takes our our mess and turns it into a message. And I just think about that walk where I I thought I was done. You know, the best I was going to do was maybe... A job and and that's the devil, man. He just wants to snuff the life out of us, snuff the energy out of us. And it's like, the heck with you, devil, go back to your home. I'm going to follow Jesus and what he's created for us, a family, my career, and now my post career, where, you know, I'm working probably just as hard now as I did building that pharmacy, helping others. It's just so much that we can do and become if we just let go of the past and take Jesus with us and follow his light into the future. Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast. It really means a lot to me. And if there's people out there that you know that may benefit from this podcast, I just encourage you, there's no bigger compliment to me than to pass it on, let others know. I hope that you picked up a pearl or two of wisdom. From this particular podcast you know it's so important that that we use the gifts that god's given us and one of those is the gift of imagination and en- envisioning our future state. and when i ask the question what do you desire to do with your life and if you aren't doing it then what's holding you back and sometimes it takes work to let go of the baggage from the past or old beliefs or Poor self-talk, or it's not like I heard somebody say the other day that the last thing you want to do is believe everything you think because obviously the devil's always up there trying to get us to hang on to bad thoughts thoughts that prevent us from living into the life that we desire. So as I sign off, I'm going to sign off with my mission statement, which is what I desire to do with my life, and that is to inspire you, the listener, to anyone that I come in contact with, to dream more, to be more, and to live in the light more. I'll be back. I hope you'll be back too.